0: Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, offering gear to cool down hot North Carolina summer hikes. Information about five North Carolina summer watering holes at greatoutdoorprovision.com. It's Across the Blue Ridge, the great little show that nearly everybody loves. I'm Paul Brown. and Gap and Bluegrass Meadows, a medley of old-time tunes to start us off on this episode of Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. Welcome. That was banjo picker Adam Hurt with the backup band on his latest album titled Artifacts. We're going to spend some time with Adam and the group on this edition of Across the Blue Ridge, and we'll hear some music from the Muddy Creek Music Hall show they performed for us in February of 2017. In my humble opinion, Adam Hurt has done something that's largely eluded other banjo players. He uses what's called the claw hammer style on his five-string banjo, and that's not particularly unusual. It's a style derived from players of African banjo-like instruments. You strike down on the strings with a fingernail and thumb rather than plucking up on them. The style became very popular among white mountaineers and minstrel players in the American South, initially adopted from enslaved Africans before the Civil War. By contrast, the later bluegrass style is defined by plucking up on the strings with two fingers and thumb. There were earlier finger-picking styles, too, and many of them have a lot in common with parlor guitar styles of the nineteenth century. Adam Hurt has come up with a graceful and effortless-sounding interpretation of melody in the clawhammer style. That's difficult. It is unusual. The attempts often sound crashy or forced, almost as though the banjo is being tortured into doing something it's not made to do. Adam Hurt has figured out how to portray melody with great tone while keeping the banjo's core characteristics as a rhythm and drone instrument completely intact. This sort of creativity fascinates me. Maybe it will fascinate you, too. I love it when musicians, artists, engineers, anyone, really, finds a great new way to accomplish something and I like to understand how people get to the places of creativity that frankly astonish me. As our show continues, we'll hear a bit from Adam Hurt about his creative path on the banjo. For now, I'll tell you he's a celebrated player who performs occasionally and maintains a busy career as a banjo and fiddle teacher from his Danville, Virginia home. You've heard some of Adam's playing now. Let's hear an African-American traditional claw hammer piece a Clawhammer song from a white mountaineer, and a classic bluegrass number from the man who established the bluegrass banjo style, Earl Scruggs. Then we'll get closer to the most immediate Clawhammer influence on Adam Hurt. Here's Old Cow Died, sung and played by Nathan Fraser on the banjo, Frank Patterson on the fiddle, in 1942 in Nashville, Tennessee. As Grand Ole Opry performers entertained at the Ryman Auditorium not far away, and broadcast to thousands, these two African-American artists played on the streets for contributions. The master recording by John Work is at the Library of Congress. With Nathan Frazier on the Clawhammer Banjo and singing Frank Patterson on Fiddle, 1942, Nashville, Tennessee, two African American street musicians on Across the Blue Ridge. The down picking style that Nathan Frazier was executing there found its way into white minstrel music, as often as not lampooning the very blacks who had brought the banjo to America and into Southern Mountain music. Here's Fred Cockrum of the North Carolina-Virginia border area with a song called Frankie Baker. Just like Nathan Fraser, Fred Cockrum, who was white, plays in a wonderfully rhythmic style that brings out the best in the banjo as a rhythm instrument with insistent drones, notes that continue along, unchanging, wherever the melody may go. Frankie Baker from Clawhammer Banjoist and singer Fred Cockrum on Across the Blue Ridge. To get an idea of how different this was from bluegrass, which emerged after World War II, let's listen to Earl Scruggs, the man who defined the bluegrass style, plucking the banjo strings with two fingers and a thumb in rolling patterns. Others had done this, but Scruggs achieved an unbroken fluidity that others hadn't quite managed to the same degree. He was also a master at timing. He had an uncanny sense of just what notes to play. And he benefited from the business and booking skills of his wife, Louise, who kept Lester Flat, Earl Scruggs, and the Foggy Mountain Boys on the road and bringing in good money for years. Here's Earl Scruggs with the Foggy Mountain Boys and an unforgettable rendition of the Randy Lynn Rag, bringing the banjo squarely to the front of the band. ¶¶ Lynn Rag from bluegrass banjo picker Earl Scruggs with the Foggy Mountain Boys on Across the Blue Ridge. His finger-picking style set the banjo world on fire after World War II, and what's called the Scruggs style still keeps millions of banjo pickers inspired and occupied as they both try to dissect and replicate it and create new stylistic branches from the trunk of that sturdy tree. The old African-derived clawhammer banjo style has persisted alongside bluegrass in the modern era, and that will bring us back to our featured performer, Adam Hurt, on this edition of Across the Blue Ridge in a moment. Our path back to Adam leads us to the late Kyle Creed, a brilliant claw hammer player of southwest Virginia in what is called the Round Peak style, named for Round Peak Mountain in neighboring Surrey County, North Carolina, where a community with several outstanding banjo and fiddle players gave birth to a clawhammer banjo style at once rhythmic, accurate, melodic, and clear. Here's Kyle Creed with Emily Spencer singing and playing guitar and the song Big Liza Kyle Creed on the banjo, Emily Spencer on guitar, and singing with Big Liza on Across the Blue Ridge. This week's featured performer, Adam Hurt, did not meet Kyle Creed. But as we'll find out later, and as is obvious in Adam's playing, Kyle Creed's approach to clawhammer banjo was an inspirational starting point for this younger player who's gone on to innovate from it, just as finger-picking banjo players did after they heard the bluegrass master Earl Scruggs. Here's Adam Hurt from one of his earlier albums with a tune called Catlitzburg as we head to our break. When we return, we'll hear Adam and his band from his latest album, Artifacts, in performance at Muddy Creek Music Hall in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And we'll find out how he's built on a style of clawhammer banjo playing in new ways. the Blue Ridge, we're back after a break. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from the Blue Ridge Music Center. Fall concert performances featuring Dory Freeman and Amethyst Kia, September 29th at Bailey Park in Winston-Salem, plus Anna and Elizabeth and Dom Flemons, October 7th and 21st at the center. Details at blueridgemusiccenter.org. And from the Dan River Company, offering canoe and kayak rentals on the Dan River, adjacent to Hanging Rock State Park in North Carolina. Reservations and information at danrivercompany.com or on Facebook. It's Across the Blue Ridge, produced in collaboration with WFDD Public Radio. I'm Paul Brown. So, here we are, thinking about musical creativity, creativity in general. If you were with us for the first segment, you heard some significant banjo styles that form context around this week's featured performer, Adam Hurt. Let's join Adam and his band now, consisting of Beth Hartness on guitar, Marshall Wilborn on bass, and Carl Jones on mandolin in performance in February of 2017 at Muddy Creek Music Hall in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their show recognized the release of Adam's latest album, Artifacts. We'll hear some music and find out a bit from Adam Hurt about how he developed his banjo style, which many people find captivating.
1: I have the most fabulous band with me that anyone could ask for. This is Beth Hartness on the guitar. This is Marshall Wilburn on the bass. And that's Carl Jones currently on the mandolin, but getting ready to play the guitar at some point this set. going to start things out ensemble-wise with a tune from my favorite historical old-time fiddler, the legendary Ed Haley. It's called Wake Up Susan. Thank you very much. So uh, I break a lot of rules in adapting fiddle tunes like that one to the banjo. Uh, I try to make them into banjo pieces, and that means not always uh, leaving the original key intact. That's supposed to be in the key of A. Fiddlers, that might make a difference to you, uh, but it fits the banjo better in D, so we play it there in D. But I'm a banjo player first and foremost, and I understand the hierarchy in old-time music, and I tell every old-time fiddler, look, if we're in a jam session together and you want to play that tune, I will defer to you and we will play it in the right key, because that's just the way it works.
0: Banjo player Adam Hurt at Muddy Creek Music Hall, Winston-Salem, North Carolina for Across the Blue Ridge. I asked him how he got started at the banjo and how he developed his style, which is celebrated by many these days for its accuracy and beautiful tone. Why don't we go back in time a little and find out how you got started to playing the banjo. First of all, you're originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota area, is that
1: correct? St. Paul, yes, and there is a difference between St. Paul and Thank Minneapolis. Thank you very much for
0: the correction. <laughs>
1: I received a few of them in my radio career. Not,
0: it's never too late to get another one. And uh, Adam has in the very distant history some family from back around southwestern Virginia. You've heard of Hurt, Virginia, haven't you? So there it is. But it goes back to before his time. Way before. Way yes. before but we thought we'd point that out. Um, I'm not
1: Scandinavian, that's for sure. And (laughs) I feel like somewhat less of an imposter down here than I might if I were, you know, like a lot of Minnesotans. (laughs) He's been here 10 years now, and he can say y'all without thinking. uh, Or longer than 10 years now. Longer than 10 years.
0: So, uh, Adam, you know, we were talking about Kyle Creed's style, and Kyle Creed, Fred Cochran, Charlie Lowe, Tommy Jarrell, Ernest East, all the folks from around Surrey County, North Carolina, developed this wonderful single-noting claw hammer style in a way that attracted people's attention from all over the world. Now, you have done a little more with it, I think, than many folks who have tried to play in a melodic style in clawhammer. And what I'd like to know is how you got started. First, what attracted you to this style, if you could tell us that story, and, and tell us a little about how you got to be drilling so deep into it that you have essentially come up with a new variant on this style.
1: Sure, well I fell into traditional music totally accidentally. I didn't have it in my family. I had classical music in my family and that's really all I knew of music until fourth grade in public school in St. Paul. My primary teacher there that year was a man named Don Payden, and he, even though he wasn't from the South either, played this music and all of the instruments. He would bring them into the classroom periodically to expose his students to something he figured they'd never heard before. And most people just ignored him or scowled if those instruments came out. Um, But I heard the sounds and I thought, you know, those are really cool instruments and cool pieces of music as well. So one thing led to another. He showed me some mandolin tunes during recess periods. Uh, I took a mandolin home for spring break to show my parents what I had been up to. I got put in lessons uh, after school for mandolin and kind of found out that there was this whole other thing, not bluegrass, but the music that led to bluegrass, old time music. I kept asking my various teachers for more fiddle tunes. I perceived a difference between those and the bluegrass numbers that we were also learning, and I liked the fiddle tunes. So I discovered that the claw hammer banjo sort of blended the elements of the mandolin that I liked with the Sort of driving rhythm that I found lacking in those very linear uh, bluegrass style mandolin melodies. Now, you've I've
0: also told me, Adam, that you tried the bluegrass banjo and it was just <laughs> something that you couldn't get your head and spirit around. I, I've known several people who've had the
1: same experience, and also in the other direction when they try claw hammer banjo, they just it's just not for them. That's true. I think it's often really one style or the other and not both. Um, so, so what I had, led
0: you on from there to, to where you are now?
1: Well, I had heard the bluegrass banjo at some uh, bluegrass festivals locally that my parents had taken me to after I got into the mandolin, and it didn't really do anything for me. It didn't make a lot of sense. I couldn't make out the melody in that style the way I could hearing claw hammer banjo played, but they thought that I was making a weird and wrong choice by wanting to learn to play banjo in that style. I mean, my parents, being classical musicians, had barely heard of any of this, but at least they had heard of bluegrass music and they had heard of Earl Scruggs and Bill Monroe, but they hadn't heard of Clawhammer. they hadn't heard of Old Time. They thought it was uh, a choice made out of ignorance. So they said, okay, we'll put you in Clawhammer lessons, but you need to take bluegrass banjo lessons as well because that's really uh, probably what you had in mind. Well, I guess there's a long tradition of that in old time music, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) So I took uh, the lessons uh, in tandem for about a year, and I learned just enough about bluegrass banjo to be dangerous and not really enough to play at all. Uh, But I'm glad to have learned a little bit about it, and I was right in the end, it really wasn't what I wanted to learn how to do but the claw hammer was. It immediately felt natural. It immediately sounded the way that I thought the banjo ought to sound. And it took the place of the mandolin for me very quickly. It took the place of the piano very quickly, which I had been playing since I was about four. And uh, it has changed the course of my life ever thereafter. Adam Hurt
0: talking with us about what brought him to traditional style music early in his life. Here's a recording from one of his albums, Earth Tones Black Jack Grove on the Fretless Clawhammer Banjo. performing Black Jack Grove on his album Earth Tones featuring fretless clawhammer gourd banjo. It's across the Blue Ridge I'm Paul Brown back at Muddy Creek Music Hall now to talk with Adam Hurt about how he got into a branch of clawhammer banjo that was at once rhythmic, accurate and melodic. Well, what was the turning point to get you going on this branch of clawhammer style that has become so well known and then to take it further to where you you've got fiddle tunes coming out of a clawhammer banjo in a melodic manner that sounds as natural as sort of an old-time knockdown player from the mountains, but with far more notes. It doesn't sound like there are more notes. They're just there, and it's comfortable with the instrument. What happened?
1: Well, my introduction to the Surrey County way of playing the banjo came in 1997, when Rafe Stefanini, wonderful old-time musician from Italy, now living in the States, came up to Minnesota to teach at a music camp, and I enrolled in his banjo class. At the time, he was playing in a very round peak inspired way with the single noting that Paul was talking about, and I had never heard clawhammer banjo played that way. I'd been learning in a much more generic sort of way, and it was fine, but this was really cool. So after that experience, I learned that Rafe was coming back in a few months, I think for the Prairie Home Companion. So I arranged to spend a whole day with him, recording and learning every banjo tune in that round peak style that he claimed to know. And it was so inspirational. He was such a good teacher and he is such a fine player. So, for years, I was doing whatever I could to kind of rework my repertoire in that vein. But I found myself playing alone a lot and wanting a little bit more of the tune to grab onto than if I played just like Rafe did, or just like Kyle Creed or Tommy Gerald did to the best of my ability. I think those styles do sound good on their own, but I missed some of that fiddle-tune melody uh, that I had also grown uh, very fond of. So I tried to adapt those moves that Rafe taught me from the Round peakers to a fiddle-tune-style melody. I had heard melodic claw-hammer-banjo, melodic, quote-unquote, um, and not really loved it. I admired the technical... Wizardry of it all in a way, but it didn't make the sound that I wanted, and I thought it lost a lot of the essence of what made me first fall in love with Clawhammer Banjo that driving rhythm and that fifth string. So I try to incorporate elements of that lots of fifth string, a fair number of brush strokes, which the melodic Clawhammer players barely did. Uh, and a lot of the left and right hand maneuvers that are particular to round peak that really don't seem to be in the frame of reference of the northern melodic players. So I think the two ends of this melodic to rhythmic spectrum can actually get along, but I have not heard them merged very often.
0: Adam Hurt talking with me about how he got started on the banjo and how he moved towards a claw hammer style that was at once rhythmic and melodic, reflecting the essence of fiddle tunes such as this one, Say Old Man I Want Your Daughter, which he performs on his album Perspective with fiddler Stephanie Coleman. Stephanie Coleman, banjo and fiddle from Adam's album, Perspective. And we'll be back with Adam Hurt and his band from his latest album, Artifacts, their Muddy Creek Music Hall performance, for some more music and some additional insights into the banjo in style and tone. It's Across the Blue Ridge. And if you uh, ever miss a program or you want to hear something again, you can always find us online at acrosstheblueridge.net. There's also a blog there. You can check out our archive programs, hear the latest ones, find an on-air station that carries us, and consult our playlists. We'll be back after a break. Here again, one of Adam Hurt's inspirations, Kyle Creed with old Joe Clark. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Farm to Feet, 100% American, offering made-in-America socks designed and manufactured in Mount Airy, North Carolina, using U.S. materials, U.S. manufacturing, and U.S. workers. Retail locations at farmtofeet.com. It's Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. We've been visiting with banjo player and fiddler Adam Hurt, whose new album Artifacts is out. And it's got a wonderful selection of old-time, traditional, and some Celtic tunes as well, with banjo, fiddle, mandolin, guitar, bass, the banjo at the head of the band much of the time. If you were with us for the last segment of the show, Adam was talking about the interplay of the banjo and fiddle and how he came to his banjo-playing style which features a lot of fiddle tunes, but in a rhythmic manner that respects the banjo's core characteristics. Adam is a fine fiddler as well. He's won lots of prizes over the years. Here he is with his next tune, a fiddle tune, at Muddy Creek Music Hall, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. This was back in February of 2017.
1: We will play a fiddle tune now, no banjo on the stage at the moment. And I learned this tune jointly from my dear friend Stephanie Coleman, fabulous old time fiddler from Chicago, now living in New York City, and my other dear friend Paul Brown over there. I combined elements of their two versions and uh, it's sort of a medley in and of itself.
0: Adam Hurt with the band from his album Artifacts Fiddling Georgia Railroad at Muddy Creek Music Hall, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Here he is with another tune showing his inventiveness on the banjo, going after a very difficult fiddle tune and putting it to his rhythmic claw hammer style.
1: This is a tune that I've been wanting to play and record for a long, long time. I've had it floating around my head for years and it just took the right configuration of musicians and instruments, and the right chord changes to make it happen. This is a tune composed, as far as I know, by uh, J.P. Fraley, the late great uh, Ohio River Valley fiddler from northeastern Kentucky there. I don't know if he claimed to have written it, but I certainly don't know anyone else from his generation to have played it. It's called Maysville. and while old-time fiddle music is full of uh, structurally peculiar tunes, they don't get much more structurally strange than this, elongations and truncations all over the place. I mean, you can tap your foot along and that'll work out, but you can't exactly keep counting to four and figure that that will work out.
0: with Maysville, a tune he adapted from the fiddle playing of the late J.P. Fraley of Kentucky on Across the Blue Ridge at Muddy Creek Music Hall in early 2017. I wanted to find out more about Adam Hurt's tone, the beautiful tone that he gets from the clawhammer banjo, even on melodic tunes. A difficult thing to carry off, he had some disarmingly simple explanations. I'm assuming, Adam, that to a great extent what you're able to accomplish there on that tune is a wonderful example of your technique is due to time spent with the instrument and focus on getting through these note and phrase transitions. Is that partly correct at least?
1: Yes, I'd say it's very correct. Uh, When I was in high school and was really obsessed with learning how this instrument worked and didn't have a lot of obligations on my plate, maybe a little bit homework, maybe, not all that much, uh, I would spend many hours per day, uh, not so much working out new things all the time, learning new tunes, but sort of rehashing what I had already begun coming to know and trying to figure out the very nicest feeling and nicest sounding way of playing everything and that continued uh... even after i left the house uh... to the detriment of some of my college coursework
0: well it sounds (laughs) as though (laughs) to an an extent you've sort of created a tradition within your own style Mm -hmm. but let me ask the next question that goes with this that i've really wanted to understand if you could tell me briefly how um how you have achieved the tone that you have, because many folks who try to play claw hammer, melodic style, banjo, do not achieve the tone that you have. Their tone is much crashier, and yours sounds very natural and deep and and multi-dimensioned. It sounds like a banjo rather than uh, a tambourine with strings, it's attempting to accomplish something that should be played on you know, an oboe or a piano, but <laughs> happens to be a banjo. You sound as though you're playing a banjo. How do you get the tone? I know that you give a class call the mechanics of tone, but maybe you could explain just briefly a little bit about this to the non-musicians and the musicians among us.
1: Sure. So, um, a lot of it for me has to do with the relationship between the body and the instrument. A lot of banjo players think that tone is all about instrument choice and setup, and that's certainly a piece of it, but I think this physicality of playing the thing is a much larger piece. Um, When I was getting started, I was trying to make my right hand look like my first teacher's right hand without much of any conversation about that. And as I got out and heard more Clawhammer players live, the ones whose sound I liked, whatever sound meant in those days to me, uh, I tried to emulate in terms of positioning where i was holding the banjo how my hands were relating to it and i just settled into the way that i play that way i didn't really realize though that there was much to it until i started trying to teach other people to play banjo from scratch i showed them the basic shape of the hand and the way the digits work together and then the rhythm that underlies everything we do some of my beginning students would come back looking right, I thought, and sounding really nice. Others would come back looking also right and sounding very different, very thin, very noisy, very brassy. So I had to put my own right hand back under the microscope and figure out what was going on. I noticed a particular difference between the various places along my fingernail that can meet the string, and the place that I favor creates sort of a glancing off effect between fingernail and string more than striking through. So it's cleaner and richer and you hear the note and not a lot else. Not a lot of fingernail, not a lot of string. Whereas it seems the more popular way to play is over on the other side of the same nail, which is really more of a striking through. Hear all that fingernail noise, hear how much brighter And thinner it is compared to that. Real spectrum of tone available there.
0: So that's something that you taught yourself after observing. It's very interesting. And as you move through the different traditions of banjo playing in the southern mountains and elsewhere, sometimes the thinner, more percussive sound is exactly what some of the old players were wanting, because Mm -hmm. they wanted to create that percussion. They wanted the extra noises, the extra clicks, and those sorts of things, but here we have a musician who's making a conscious choice of a tone that he loves, and he's gone after getting it, and he's achieved it. So there you have it, a little bit of insight into how a musician achieves his or her own voice and does it with expertise. Give give Adam a round of applause for what he's done. This is his voice. Thank you, Paul. Adam Hurt, fiddler, banjo player, music teacher talking with us at Muddy Creek Music Hall in February of 2017 about how he's created his banjo style that combines traditional clawhammer technique with a melodic fiddle tune sensibility and an unusually rich tone. His new album is Artifacts. We've been happy to feature some tunes from that as well on this program including in this live performance recorded for broadcast. We're going out with another of Adam's interests Celtic music and a tune composed by his friend Liz Carroll, the Chicago area fiddler, who is a Celtic music champion, but also composes her own tunes. And we'll hear one of them, "Lizzie in the Low Ground. I'm Paul Brown, it's Across the Blue Ridge. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to be with us next time for more great stories, songs, tunes. Make connections across traditions. Understand more with Across the Blue Ridge. And remember, keep on the sunny side. It'll help you on your way and all the rest of us too. We will catch up with you next time. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, offering gear to cool down hot North Carolina summer hikes. Information about five North Carolina summer watering holes at greatoutdoorprovision.com.